Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to Hyperspace Hangout, a podcast by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. I am Matt Starwin. And I am Ezra Skyhopper. Welcome aboard the Outcast. This is the place for all Star Wars fans where we discuss your thoughts and theories about a galaxy far, far away. As got some serious questions for you today. Um, you know, we've been running a lot of polls on our Twitter here. I just want to get this right, right at the top of the show. Okay? okay. So we've been running some polls here. Which is better? Okay. Uh, ran, ran, we got, we got a couple of just movies head to head here. Okay. So one of the polls we ran was the rise of Skywalker versus the last Jedi. Which is better? That's crazy. I, I I can't believe. By the way, just have to say, everyone knows that Matt is running these polls, right? Okay. <laughs> so I just like I just think I think I just think it's it's interesting because yeah. on on what because well here's the thing we run them on we run them on Twitter and we run them on Facebook and we get two totally different responses. Yeah. So the scientific nature of these are just tossed completely out the window. Right. I mean because <laughs> it's like how do how do we even justify so. I'll say this in our Facebook group, it almost always goes the opposite way yeah. of what it goes on Twitter. So what does that leave us with? Right. What's it say? Okay. What's it say about, about Facebook and Twitter, you know, different types of people, you know, different, different. Yeah, exactly. So one of them was the last Jedi versus rise of Skywalker. 61% on Twitter said the rise of Skywalker over the last Jedi with 38.2%. Um, so then on Facebook, it was like 50-50. And Facebook is always actually pretty close. So, again, it's tough. Facebook's always way, way closer there. Right. Um, so then we ran another poll. Uh, this one's actually going live. This one still had. This one's still live, okay? Because Ez and I were talking the other day. And we were talking about – every, and I, I say this all the time. Every time I watch Revenge of the Sith, right, because I go back and I was like, I want to watch Revenge of the Sith. And I want to watch it now that we have all the – 
the final four episodes of Clone Wars so I can kind of look at them and see, like, okay, how does this tie in everything? And I was like, you know, Revenge of the Sith is Revenge of the Sith, which I think is arguably the best prequel. Is it? Can it beat out any of the originals? And so he said, all right, well, there's no way it's beating out Empire Strikes Back because that's the one everyone says is the best. And so I said, if you had to think about what I would think is generally perceived as the weakest of the originals, again, being the weakest of the original trilogies does not mean it's a bad movie. It's like saying, you know, one got a 99%, the other gets a 98%, and one gets a 97%. Okay, they're all A's, right, yeah, all right? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean yeah. so it's not like, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not like, oh, it's bad. But so I think... I just think from the internet, I think they would say it would go Empire, Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, if you had to rank the originals, those three. And so I said, well, is there any way that Revenge of the Sith, which is probably considered the best of the prequels, because Ez and I spend a lot of time on TikTok. I mean, I'm talking hours. Too much. And all of the all of the memes on TikTok and all of the quotes and everything, because it's a younger generation, it is all the prequels, and it is all Revenge of the Sith, yeah. man. Yeah, it really is. I mean, so, I mean, it's nothing but Revenge of the Sith. And so I'm just like, wow, I want to see, man. I right. want to see right. uh, if we can run a poll. And, okay, on Twitter, 59.4% uh, said A New Hope. Uh, 40% says Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Which is way closer. Than you thought. Than I thought it would be on Twitter. On Facebook, it's like we have like, I mean, it's Revenge of the Sith is like fifty, like it's like fifty two percent. I mean, it's winning. Yeah, Isn't that crazy. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think. I think Revenge of the Sith. Every time I watch it, man, I'm like, this movie's so good. Well, yeah. And I think, I think, I think, just uh, it's it's because I think we've always viewed it as like, well, nothing can touch the originals. But I don't know. That's interesting. You brought that up. I, I'm I'm serious. Like I again, I just the other day had a conversation with my buddy Lane. I'll say it again. Where he challenged me and, and said, you know, he flat came right out and he said, I don't think ep is episode four that good. And I was like, wow, okay. Like, that's a sacred thing, you know, like, like to talk about the, the, the birth of Star Wars and to say it's like, it's that, it, there's something with that that I'm always just like, I don't know if I want to go there. It's, a, you know, it's dark side to me. Stay away from it. But I get what you're saying. Like, my students absolutely uh, love Revenge of the Sith as much as I love Return of the Jedi. Like they are just, they just go crazy for it. Absolutely go crazy for it. And they think it's, it's just the best. It's absolutely right. the best to them. And now with all this stuff with clone wars and, and seeing the story with Ahsoka wove through it as well, I think maybe, you know, it definitely is. It's good. It's, it was good right. before all of that. It was great actually. And yeah, so it's, I don't know. It's um interesting. Well, okay. One last one last poll here I want to bring up. So because I run sometimes I run a mine on my own. You know, sometimes mostly run them on the hyperspace thing. But as I, sometimes I run them on mine yeah. and I'll just retweet it on hyperspace or whatever because uh, I normally forget what Twitter I'm on. <laughs> uh, but so I ran a poll on mine. Um, the same got the same roughly the same amount of votes. And I said best end to a Star Wars trilogy. So this was three different movies. So now, OK, we can kind of break up some of the. Mm -hmm. Some of the thing here, and so it was uh, best end to a trilogy: Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. And Return of the Jedi won with fifty four percent. Revenge of the Sith at forty percent. Yeah, and then Rise of Skywalker was seven. Yeah. So you know, it it's just interesting when you compare them all in different categories, right? Like, okay, this one versus this one, or this one versus this one. 
because I think it gets people to to really think. And that's when you, when you do a lot of these like bigger polls, you're just trying to find what's the best. Um, you know, I think comparing them in all these di- all these different ways and stuff like that. It's just an in- it's an interesting way to see. Well, it, it, what. Uh, yeah, and, and I think folks need to remember it's it's all for fun too because it's totally all for fun. We're not we're not saying any of these movies are bad or no. anything, but I just think it's it, I think it's interesting though to see maybe what you know, like we just had May the Fourth. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's like you sometimes I think to myself like when I think of Star Wars, you and I were talking about this the other day. When I think of Star Wars, what's the first thing I think of? I mean, if you had, if, we were talking about yeah. this yesterday. We said if you had twenty minutes. Yeah, and you had to show somebody one segment of Star Wars, yep. and then you could explain it to them. Where would you go? And you and I were both like the exact same spot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The the end of Return Re- of the Jedi. That's right. right? When the throne Luke room. is like. Yep. When Luke is like Palpatine's there, and he's like offering him to rule the galaxy. He's like, no. Right. I am a Jedi like my <laughs> father before me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, really, and that's that's where I go back to to uh, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, um, Mark Hamill talking about capturing lightning in a bottle, and that like bang, that was like that's it, that's that's the core, it's it's right there at the core of, of all of that. We started off with four, uh, drove all the way to six, and it ended up being fantastic. It's just one of those great finishes, and it's just so satisfying. It's such an awesome arc. It's such an awesome story. But again, like I tell you what, the, the longer it, you know, and again, we're as Mark Hamill would, would, would say, we're ultra-passionate fans. That's what he calls us, ultra-passionate fans, meaning that we, you know, we don't just like Star Wars. We love Star Wars, and we get into the nitty-gritty, and we try to, like, which book is better? Well, you know, which character did you like more? It's more like, I, I like to say, not what's better, but, like, what do you like more? I like Return uh, way more. I just like it. So it's, it's my favorite movie. I just love it, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I love being there. But I also love the rest of them, too. And, and I, I right. you know, we, we often talk about, like, what do you put down like like it's uh, when when we're done recording, we we go sit down in the living room. What are we putting on on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon? You know that that type of thing, and it just sort of creates because everyone has those those things that 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 thing that they like to like a book they like to go to to read, a comic book series, or the action figures that they stare at. Like I'm looking at right now, um, you know, or, or the movie that you go to, and and honestly, it it can change, and it's allowed to, and it's supposed to. Like for me. Like as much as I love the Mandalorian right now, I have not been going back and rewatching it as much as I thought that I would. Uh, I've still right. been watching Rebels, and I'm still fascinated <laughs> as to what's going to happen with that whole cast and crew. So I know that I'm eventually going to get back. You know, like as Mandalorian goes on, it's going to be one of those right. things that, like, yeah, once I get to once season get, four or five, gets, I'm going to be right. Like, once we get once we get a second or third season, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's. Yeah, like an update on the polls, man. We've been just having fun trying to think about uh, some of these different well, movies compared I, to each well, other. What, and real quick, one last thing. I think one of the reasons as – I mean, people like to do it in, in a lot of fandoms, but I think especially with Star Wars is because the Star Wars universe is so vast, right? And so when you kind of say like, oh, what's your favorite movie – it's not like, oh, I'm going to sit here and think you're a terrible person if you don't like the same movie I do. It's more so like, oh, now we have – like if you told me Attack of the Clones is my favorite movie, I'm like, okay. Like now I know exactly like where your kind of mindset is with Star Wars, right? Yeah. I mean it's like yes. if somebody if somebody were to tell you – I think actually that's kind of a cool thing is if you said like this is my favorite movie and it's like, oh, okay. Like I think if Attack of the Clones is your favorite movie, okay, you're probably – 
bigger, you're probably bigger Obi-Wan fan. So there's a lot of great Obi-Wan in that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you, maybe you liked Mace Windu because that's what Mace Windu has like a really cool, you know, this mm -hmm. party's over. Yep. Yep. Geonosis, really cool battle. Right. And so I think it just kind of like, it kind of tells you like, oh, okay, you know, like, where do you lie? Like if you said if if you say any of the sequels are your favorites, you probably Ray. You probably you probably love Ray, mm -hmm. right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's uh, our friend uh, Laura, um, who from Forstos, like uh, Harrison Dula, Rebel. Right? Yeah, Rebels. Yeah. That's it, man. And so that that yeah, when you ask that question, you're like, I mean, what do you like about Star Wars? And that's your answer. Well, uh, that tells me a lot. That yeah. tells me a lot. Like if you said, well, Timothy's on in the books. Like I love the original movies, and then I went there, and I've never really left. I've just stuck with the books. Okay. Wow, you're you're a big legends lore person, you know, like that's that's cool, and th those are all good things, and I think that's why it's such a big, such a large, you know, fandom. Um, that it, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it does it does tell you something about uh, that person when when they with what with what their response can be. Well, and our, our our buddy Tom, you know, it changes too. So like if you ask him, you know, years ago uh, before he had kids, like what where is it, what's his favorite? Um, you know, uh, movie or, or, or what have you, or what does he like about Star Wars? That changes once he's had kids. He said that on our podcast a few weeks back, and it's like, okay, that makes sense, right? You're you're allowed to to change, and you're allowed to evolve and grow into and, and love uh, more aspects of of Star Wars, and you probably should, honestly. Yeah. So hey, real real quick here, just because hey, let's uh, can we just really quick, just because uh, you did you did bring her up, uh, Laura from Force Toast. It is her birthday. Yeah, uh, which is pretty cool. Did you see on Twitter that the voice actor for Ezra Bridger shouted her out? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was just really cool. Yeah, it was, was cool. Really cool. I saw that. Yeah, I was I was so. I was happy to see that. Yeah, happy birthday to her. Um, I I sent her I sent her a message the other day, and I I hope she'll be okay with me. Uh, I think she will. To, uh, as you know, telling this, so I sent her uh, just a, a a private message, wishing her happy birthday, and I told her. And guys, this is true. I, I a lot of times I think about different character. I think of my friends. And I, I sometimes will think of them in terms of um, like a Star Wars universe. And this is no joke. Matt knows this. I was just mowing uh, my field and I was out there mowing. It takes, you know, about an hour to mow. And w when I'm out there, sometimes just like when I was a kid or a teenager, you know, I would start to think about like when I was in high school, I would think of my buddies as like other knights, you know, who we had just we were we had just gotten our knighthood and we were you know, out conquering, facing down like foes and stuff. But like, we didn't have Padawans. We weren't really Jedi masters yet, but yet we're still learning the ways of the force. I mean, that's literally how I think sometimes. And if there was a mentor in my life that I really liked, like my old orchestra teacher who was into Star Trek and everything and loved Star Trek, but also knew that I love Star Wars and it would always give me bits of wisdom. I'll never forget when he, he passed away. I remember thinking I went to his funeral and I'm sitting there and I have this, this grin on my face because we had kind of, you know, talked about his, like years before we had talked about his funeral and, and, and whether or not, like when he dies, are we going to shoot him off into a planet like they do with Spock and the search for Spock? Or is he going to be, you know, on some Jedi pyre and we're going to, we're going to burn his body out in the woods. And I remember telling my friends from that day forward, or, you know, moving forward, like, guys, when I die, just have a ceremony, take me somewhere, make it look like indoor, um, and just send me off like like Luke sent Vader, you know. Just light me like light me light my body. Just there you go, like the old fashioned Jedi ceremony. So I I send this message to Laura, and I basically say uh, that to me, like she's she. I said she's a Jedi master in my mind. She's a Jedi master, and she's not just a Jedi master. She's a, a master on the council, 
And that's legit. I actually think that because she studies uh, Star Wars so much and she's uh, deep in, in, in the lore and, and up on stuff, you know, uh, currently with, with, with canon and trivia. And we wish her, by the way, the best of luck in upcoming, I think it's a, a Schmodown Star Wars trivia um, challenge that, that she has coming up here soon. I think that's on the 20th of, of May, mm-hmm. actually, or something. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyways, look for that. But yeah, shout out to her. And it's just kind of funny to think. I don't know if anybody else does that or not, or they think of th- their friends in that way or, or, or whatever. But once that's just how crazy I am, honestly. Just crazy. So, so yeah. much I love Star Wars, though. I think about my mentors and my true. buddies and, you know, who's my Obi-Wan in, in life? You know, I want to be Obi-Wan, but who is my Obi-Wan? Um, oh, as is definitely as is definitely Obi Wan. Yeah, I, I that's that's I've, I'm I'm young Obi Wan right now, and I'm when I back when I was back when I was in high school and I was a lot skinnier and had really long hair. It was my goal to become Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> you were the young Qui Gon. Yeah. That was that was all that was all I wanted. You know, much like Qui Gon and Anakin, I don't think I'll ever find myself on the council. Okay, right. so <laughs> you know that's that's fine. All right, oh, that's, fine. that's fine. That's good. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, I think too, before we move into some of these transmissions, um, I don't know if we ever got a chance to really just, just, uh, talk just quick, quickly, um, reactions about the end of that last episode. Uh, we did something on YouTube. We've definitely been we having a YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, guys, uh, uh, we have been just head on over to the YouTube page. Cause there's just a lot of, uh, content going up, going up, going up there. We literally just recorded another video cause there's some more just more and more of this Mandalorian news just keeps coming out. All these people get being in it. So uh, we're, if you want to stay up to date with that, check out the YouTube page. As well as, by the way, our Instagram and Twitter. I mean, we're just hammering away cool kind of clips and stuff from uh, comics and uh, back on the meme page over there and stuff like that. Yeah. So, But, yeah, as uh, you know, we talked about a little bit on the YouTube video, the, the end of Clone Wars. I liked it. Uh, it was kind of short, but uh, I thought it was just kind of a good kind of ending right you know um with with darth vader there uh you know they crash the ship and then ahsoka kind of buries all of the Ahsoka and rex kind of bury all of the rebels mm-hmm. or not all the rebels all of the uh clones Troopers. yep um and then that's they just kind of go off into the 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 sunset there i i thought it was kind of a fitting end and then you see vader go and find the the you know the lightsaber later um, yep. so, and then you, there is all the rumors about his eyes were blue, right? I mean, that's like a, that was like a big deal. Cause the, you can almost see like blue eyes underneath the mask and stuff like that. So, um, but I, I did. And then Ahsoka saving Maul, which was, which was cool and interesting, kind of showing her kind of middle ground really. Uh, but I, I liked it. Um, you know, it's always tough to end any sort of series, uh, especially something like that where you're ending it you're ending a prequel essentially it's like you can't really do anything crazy like you can't obviously kill ahsoka or rex so i thought they i thought i thought it was a i thought it was a good kind of fitting end ending with the clones because it is the clone wars um we already know what happened with vader so you did get the anakin thing the only person we really didn't get any kind of closure i would have just liked to seen one little tidbit with him um you know, maybe something with Obi Wan, just because this the series has really been like Rex, Obi Wan, Ahsoka, and Anakin. Mm-hmm. It's really been really really been like the four of them. Um, and so the last thing we see of Obi Wan is just kind of his his kind of message, final message there to Ahsoka. But I mean, we already we already do have kind of an uh, epilogue, yeah, ish kind of picture of him in Revenge of the Sith. So you right. know, with where he's there on Tatooine. So I don't really know what else you'd what else you'd really do. Yeah. But I I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It really showed how difficult it was for the Jedi to survive uh, Order 66. You know, it really took a lot for Ahsoka to get out. At, at every turn, they were just... The, the clones um, were, were single-minded in in trying to hunt down and destroy the Jedi. That was it, at all costs. I mean, even though the ship is... Like, I mean, the, there's no way that they can escape because they've jettisoned all the escape pods. You know what I mean? Like, that's... That's radical. Instead of just guarding them or whatever, no, no, like they're 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 gone. Like this is our number one right. priority. Like they, I said this in the YouTube. Like you didn't even do stuff like that when Grievous was on a ship or or Dooku. You know, like they did get away. Um, like you didn't even take like those drastic of steps to stop some of these Sith lords before. But yet with the Jedi, you're willing to say uh, no. I mean, like they, it just was a, it was it was an uptick in in how they approached killing the Jedi and, and executing order 66. And I was like, wow, this is, this is intense. Uh, and, and then to see Ahsoka just absolutely continue to level up throughout all of clone wars to the point where she's pulling on the ship with Maul. Um, and then just some of the stuff I'm telling you right now, when she threw her sabers into like the ship and she used the force to hold them and spin them around, I was like, let's go. Like the music was like, like epic. It was, it was we, like, we were, we were totally in this moment. I'm waiting for them just to, I mean, I know kind of that they, that they get, but it just didn't seem like I wasn't sure how they were going to get, get out or how they were going to get away at every turn. They're getting blocked and they're getting stopped by the clones here and there and, 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 and everywhere. Um, and it just, it's so crazy to the point where she's actually free falling and like Rex has to like, you know, uh, you know, do some, uh, special maneuvers, right. Um, to, right. to, to make sure that he catches her and stuff. So it was just a lot. And even though it was a little, it was, air quote short, um, it still felt like a lot and yeah. it was a good, a good little, it was a, it was a nice ending. It was uh, really interesting. You had, I don't know the bird's name, but like Mori or Mori, um, right. Mori. I think it's Mori. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, or, or Mori. Yeah. One of the two, uh, was there flying above. Right. So we, we saw that, uh, bird sort of the tie back to the daughter and the force, that affiliation there and, and a connection to Ahsoka as well, which was really interesting i thought more of that yeah. keeps popping up so we see a lot more of that later on in rebels and we can we're going to continue talking about it because i think it's going to be huge and what could be a rebel season five or what could be you know some of this in in um in um, the mandalorian i mean if she's sh you know she shows up the mandalorian and she's got um you know maury on her shoulder like what the heck you know <laughs> so anyways it was great i loved I it and it, it was it was a lot of fun and I thought it was a really good conclusion. I, I really thought it landed well, and I liked everything about it. I, I, I literally have no objections to, to anything in those last four episodes. It was it was phenomenal. And, yeah. And they had time to do it right. They set it up right. They wove it into revenge well. So, yeah. It's just so good. So good. Yeah, now you just got me thinking about Morai and the Mortis Gods. Once again. I know. Gosh, I told you. Send me to <laughs> I told you, like it's I, yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, the the daughter lives on in Ahsoka. I don't care what anybody says. Like, um, right. she's not becoming one with the Force yet. Yeah, well, yeah, and we'll 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 have to dive deeper into that. But hey, yeah. we have quite a bit of transmissions to get through today, and uh, we want to thank you guys for sending us those. We got a big bad batch of them. Okay, yeah, uh, to to get to get into here. So okay, this one is from Caleb. He says. Hello, Matt and Ezra. My name is Caleb, and I am a huge fan of the podcast. I'm 11. 
I am writing to tell you about my Star Wars story and my Mandalorian predictions. I started off like many Star Wars fans with my dad introducing me at about the age of five or six. I enjoyed it, but I didn't really understand it. I remember watching the Star Wars prequels, toy lightsaber in hand, reenacting the lightsaber duels in my parents' living rooms, and uh, playing the free mobile version of Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. Hey, shout out, by the way. I've been playing that on Twitch. God, that game is great. And uh, October 20th, they're kind of remaking it, right? So they're doing the mm-hmm. complete Skywalker saga. It's built from the ground up, so it's not just like the old games. It's uh, Lego Star Wars, the complete saga. The whole thing, October 20th, I will be getting it. Yep. I guarantee that. Nice. Um, then a few years later, I fell into a phase where I fell out of Star Wars and into video games. Um, you know, video games and war. It was like that for a couple of years until 2015. Star Wars The Force Awakens. My dad took it to me. Uh, I had no idea how big a deal this was. When I came out of the cinema, I was com- a completely different person. I was obsessed. From then on, all I asked for Christmas was Lego, Star Wars, and Star Wars toys and books. It was around this time I discovered Rebel Watch. Uh, I loved this podcast. I listened to it every time we went on a long road trip. Then it stopped. I was heartbroken. Then I discovered Hyperspace Hangout. This was even better than Rebel Watch. Hey, thanks for that. I, we, we appreciate that. Um, I listen to it every day, everywhere. Fast forward uh, five years ago, uh, or so to the release of Rise of Skywalker in cinemas. I was uh, a complete nerd then. My whole world revolved around Star Wars. I had been watched everything from Rebels to Mandalorian to Clone Wars. That's my Star Wars story. Now for my Mandalorian predictions. I predict that the Imperial Remnants know about Baby Yoda and will capture him and bring him to Exegol to revive the Emperor. The Mandalorian will attempt to bring him back only to be shot down and crash land in Pasana, where he will meet Ochi and learn about the Wayfinder. He will find one and use it to get to Exegol. There he will learn about the Emperor, and the uh, Emperor will try to suck the life essence out of Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian will escape with Baby Yoda and meet Ahsoka, um, who he will uh, pass Baby Yoda on to. I hope you will enjoy my transmission. If you decide to make a video on my transmission, please could you post it on Spotify as well, as I like to listen on Spotify more than watch on YouTube. May the force be with you, Caleb. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Woo. Wow. Thanks, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, let's go. You talk man. about hey. firing me up, man. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. is huge. I so love this. There's so many things about this that I love, and I'm so glad that you've been listening for for years and that you're that you're uh you know obsessed with star wars just like we are which is which is great um wow though so these thoughts on 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 the mandalorian this is the kind of stuff matt that i have been waiting for because mm-hmm. you know w- right now we're talking about casting and we're talking about um the likelihood that we're going to see ahsoka and different things i think we've been dancing around something for a little bit and i think this summer we're, we're going to kick this up a notch but i just like you did with Rise of Skywalker, we start thinking like, oh, could this happen? Could that happen? Could this person show up? There's nothing wrong with some awesome speculation, making predictions, thinking about it. But then I will follow up with always go in with an open mind and enjoy, try to consume, see what that artist is trying to, the story they're trying to capture and communicate to you. And so with that in mind, let's take a look at this because this Caleb is awesome. Um, uh, the, the force is strong with him. 
Like, this is cool to think that we're going to have some tie-in here. You know, earlier, I, did, I but before we had even read this, I was saying that I think The Mandalorian is going to be bigger than we think, and it's going to fill more voids than we think. And so, literally, Caleb takes it, like, as far as we can go, like, like big-time stuff. You know what I mean? And, and honestly, Matt, why not? You know? Absolutely. 100%. Like, like why not? I mean, yeah, Baby Yoda's a big real deal. Quick, like real quick, real quick, real quick. And I don't I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to throw you off here, off yeah. your, off your your track here. But I got to say, you guys have to go watch this Mandalorian documentary where they're talking about the filmmaking and everything about it because on one hand, I'm not that kind of person where, like I I I don't like watching bloopers, not that I don't think they're funny, but I just I like to imagine these characters in these specific roles and I don't want to be like you know, destroy the suspense of disbelief. Right. So, but let me just tell you something. Dave Filoni just talks so much about how, you know, George always told him he always talked in live action. Even if you're doing animation, we refer to it in live action. This is his first live action thing. And he's got John Favreau there. And those guys together are a freaking dyad in the force. Yes, they okay? are. Yes, those they guys are. literally <laughs> are just on the same wavelength. It's like John Favreau is like, I'm really good here. Dave Filoni is like, I'm really good here. And they're just literally, you can just tell they're having so much fun making the best thing they can make. And obviously, we know John Favreau, big part of Marvel, big part of, I mean, you're talking mega, mega movies. I mean, just think about how all this little stuff we see setting up, right? In Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy, which all leads to like arguably the greatest movie ever. I mean, the, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever fanboyed harder for any movie ever than Avengers Endgame because I mean, it's just like insane, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like, yes. and I think that's what they're doing here. I, I think they're yeah. literally just, I think these guys are literally just like, hey, we're going for it, okay? Right. Because right. I mean, the the this is it's huge. I mean, you, and you have you have free reign to do whatever you want. Yes, yes. And, and so let's think about that because I mean, like you look if you want to rival some of the other bigger TV shows from HBO and from Amazon and things like that, and you want to drive people to you know Disney Plus, like yes, the Mandalorian's got to be huge and it's got to be the, literally the fact that in episode one you bring in. Baby Yoda is the game changer. It is the game changer. And, right. and Caleb is right to make the connection to all of this cloning technology. Dr. Pershing, it's a big deal. I mean, like, I don't know how this was like, whether they thought this, like, you know, were they talking with Jade? I don't really know the story group involved, any of that stuff. But given what we have and seeing what you could do with, with Baby Yoda and, and healing and, and maybe you know, trying to perfect a body that is, um, you know, uh, deformed in some way or, or can't uh, encapsulate all of the force power that, that Emperor Palpatine has. Uh, something, dude, uh, yeah. Real quick here. Not that I, I don't want to jump into something totally different, but I just want to, I just want to get your, I just want to get your thoughts on this real quick. Okay. okay? So remember a while back when we were talking about the Mortis gods. Okay. <laughs> and oh we were, we were talking about Anakin was maybe supposed to be the father, right? Yeah. The, to take his place. Right. Yeah. Well, keep in mind that Anakin and baby Yoda were born in the same year, which I still think is a big deal. I yes. think there's something to that. Yes. Okay. So what if Baby Yoda is the real chosen one to bring balance to the Force? Okay, because 
keep in mind he's a young kid he's growing i mean in his in his years right he's he's only 50 but he's still mm-hmm. really young he is growing in the force and i don't think people realize how powerful baby yoda is i mean in the same like in the same like two episode arc we see baby yoda a baby mm-hmm. uh force choke Kara yep. dune and force heal grief karga yeah as a baby yes okay like oh you could say he's 50 years old but it's like it's still it doesn't matter in his right his times he's still a baby he's obviously not a full functioning adult in by his that's right his, his standards right so it's like uh Huge. i don't know of any other baby that we've seen in star wars that's been able to do that type of force abilities he he, li- he lifts up a mud horn Yes. Yes. So I let's mean, okay. I, he I like force pushes back a flamethrower. Okay. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ba- Baby Yoda's a big deal. I mean, here's the thing. So, uh, like, not just a big deal, a huge deal. Uh, Anakin. What was so you know interesting was that Qui Gon sees him and realizes this boy, without any training, has Jedi like reflexes and everything, and was possibly conceived by the Force. You know, we don't know any of Baby Yoda's like origins or or or, or, or anything. Um, and I think um, Quill kind of says that he does not believe that Baby Yoda is a, a clone, is a clone or a construct of any kind. Like that, that, that was sort of his his two cents. And I really, you know, um, kind of value. He has his, spoken. He has spoken. He he know exactly. Yeah, yeah. So once he's spoken, it's 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 <laughs> it's, it's sad, it's man. It. I, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I think that is okay. So we have that. But still, his origins are a mystery. This level of power is not something we've seen. And what what scares me about this actually is that, like, I hear Snoke, and I and I, I'm tying this into the sequels, just like Caleb. I'm going to tie this right in there because, like, you hear about great, um, you know, um, like powerful individuals rising in the Force. So Luke Skywalker, from Episode Four to Six call that an awakening call that whatever that is a rise in in the force the force had awakened and is rising and he's rising he's this great powerful thing you know uh, uh individual in the light um what will rise out of the darkness later on it seems like palpatine goes away for years and is not able to um we kind of likened him to like Voldemort. you couldn't really find a body couldn't really find like a shell or a house to kind of get into and if you are working with the imperial remnant and they are trying to do exactly what caleb is saying which is to take some of the genetics, you know, because again, even if it's not like, like, you know, Master Yoda lives to be 900 years old. Like if you're looking for a species like Maz, like Maz Kanata, like, like some of those who live to be thousands of years old. And if you're a human, as Palpatine is, you want some of that, some of those, some of that, um, you want to get the science on that. You want to understand how do I take my form, my carnal form and make it last longer. You know, they're not really interested in this spiritual living on in, in, in the netherworld or whatever. They want to live right now in the carnal, in the flesh, and they, they, they want to live forever. Um, that's the obsession. So if you then, yeah, so, so Baby Yoda is going to be, it's not going to be that simple, right? We're, we're not going to just take Baby Yoda to Ahsoka and that's it. No, Baby Yoda is, is probably going to be captured, is probably going to be taken away from Mando. Um, just as Caleb says, and we're going to have to figure out where to go with that. The fact that the Imperials are involved, that Moff Gideon is involved with the Darksaber is huge. Um, and we know there has to be, we have this whole contingency plan. We have, um, 
Oh gosh, go back to the the, the battlefront, Operation Cinder, burn everything down right. from it. This this new empire is going to to rise or whatever. By the way, folks need to remember that Palpatine set up the contingency plan before he dies. He, that's just if he dies, this is going to go into go into action. Now, if he wants to make changes to that plan or he wants to whatever, uh, he can do that because clearly, like the plan is not perfect because he doesn't have a good body. He doesn't have a good uh, clone body that he can transfer you know, his power into or his essence into. And if you read the novelization, that's exactly what happens. So the whole time we're, you know, he's trying to figure out how do I, how do I make this work? Um, and so I can see whether it's exact, whether it's actually Palpatine or if it's going to be some of those dark individuals who are around Palpatine, I think that would be cool at first. You know, you think of the Mandalorian being, uh, the, the, the Mandalorian uh, TV show being like five, six, seven seasons or eight seasons maybe. Like if they were to go big like that and really make it Game of Thrones level and just go after this for uh, a significant amount of time. Well, then what you can do is, yes, in season two, you could lose Baby Yoda to these people. You know, that could be the whole thing. You could lose them to this other faction. And then season three is about going to get their rescue. So I'm not sure. Uh, I think you have to look at like length of the whole series and when maybe we would do some of this stuff. But clearly, you've already got the First Order doing their thing. And let's let's make something really clear here. The First Order, although it was an offshoot from the contingency plan uh, in the Aftermath series, they go to the Unknown Regions with uh, Ray Sloan, Grand Admiral Sloan. Um, Gallus Rex is killed, but was a, par- was a part of that. And you have Hux. Um, who who comes out of there and, and and that's that's its whole that's its own thing right it's this new organization right. clearly Palpatine was doing even something else behind that you know what I mean like it's not it's it's something different so you're gonna have two different things working here it's not just first order agents and stuff it's the Imperial remnant and those that served in for Palpatine and then him trying to also build up a Sith Empire not just any regular Empire but this Sith fleet. So that's a whole other thing. It's a whole other ball game, and I do think now that it has happened in the Rise of Skywalker, we are going to get them talking more about that, and we are going to get them, you know, exploring it and, and getting more hinting that it that there these things are separate. You're going to have several factions, and I think this is how it should be. You've got the Imperial Remnant, you get the First Order. Uh, maybe you have some shadowy figures who are starting to look like they belong to Palpatine, and we're starting to make that connection, and they're pursuing Baby Yoda. And it's like, what in the world? And then how, by the way, until Baby Yoda is of age, which I think right now if he's 50, right? And if you, if you so in 25 years or so, um, around 80 or something, let's say 75, 80, um, is going to be the end of the Skywalker saga. I think Baby Yoda is in hiding. It is like, like when you look at like, like what, what, where was he during this whole time? Well, he was either used, consumed, um, or Ahsoka got him away or something. And I think, you, like you said, if you're driving to something in the future beyond the rise of Skywalker and Rey and her story and Finn, you can do that. And Baby Yoda can, can be a huge role uh, it, like, like in all of that. And I think this is the time to go get it. Now, the stuff that Caleb says about Pasana and Ochi and Wayfinders, I think that you could do, like, yes, you could absolutely do some hinting about those things. Um, whether we go there or not, I'm not quite sure. I haven't really thought that through. Um, a whole lot, but I love it. I love the idea of it. I really do. No, it's great. It's an absolute, and you, everything you just said as was absolutely great because I mean, I mean, you could almost make the argument that baby Yoda is the future of star Wars because 
Right. I mean, Ray. I mean, Ray may live another, you know, sixty years, but Baby Yoda will be alive in two hundred right. years. That's right. Three hundred years. That's right. And that that I mean, is that's a huge thread I mean, to tie. It's, yeah. it's possible that Ezra Bridger goes takes Baby Yoda through the the world between worlds, yeah. and that he sends Baby Yoda back into the past, and Baby Yoda is actual Yoda. I mean, I'm just saying, <laughs> it's all possible. Okay? Oh I man. Mean, <laughs> It's crazy. It's just crazy. I just know that they have the confidence to do this and that, you know, um, that, that these guys are very much, you know, I'm talking about John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Um, they're going to go, they're, they're going to get after it. I mean, they're absolutely going to do some stuff that is right. going to change well, Star Wars forever. That's what John Favreau said in episode one. Right. Does well, keep, that. And, well, and I just keep this in mind, right? The last two Star Wars projects that Dave Filoni was on, he was, he was handicapped. You know, Clone Wars, you're handicapped because you you can't kill, I mean, you can't kill Obi-Wan or Anakin, right? We know, like, or Commander Cody. Like, there's all these characters you can't kill. You can't have them lose limbs. You can't, So no matter what danger they're in, you know they're that some somehow they're going to come out of it safe, right? Sure. That's what makes that's what makes some of the scenes in Rebels such a big deal because some of those characters aren't safe, right? I mean, that's what makes Kanan so amazing. Is because Kanan isn't safe, right? But even in Rebels, you're still locked into, well, you know, you can't have, like, Ezra kill Darth Vader, right? Because, okay, you're locked in. Any any of these other characters you run into, like, you, you can't have to do that. But here, you've got 30 years to play with. Yes. So you can do just about anything you want other than, like, I don't know. I mean, unless you run into, like, Han, Luke the emperor or leia yeah. uh yeah. you know or like chewy c3pr2d2 other than that you he, like every everything's free game so they finally he finally gets to create his own star wars story where he can have weight and do you know mm -hmm. whatever he wants that's why like you know so like, imagine the scene right in i think it's episode episode four when they're on the planet where you first meet Cara Dune, and there's a sniper Right, and he's got Baby Yoda in his sights. Yeah, yeah. You're worried. Absolutely. You're like, oh my god. Absolutely. But if that were an episode of Clone Wars, and somebody had the sniper on Anakin, it's like, well, okay, whatever. Right. Like, yes, I get you. Because you know, you know what I mean. You know, he's not going to die. Right. So that's like the beauty of this series is he finally gets to create this story. Finally gets to create. So there's all this weight behind it, and, th and that's what you say. It is. I think what you said, where you said, it's, you know, it's going to be huge, and they they're going to change Star Wars. I mean. Yeah, because they, they have the ability to do so. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh, my gosh. So, so many things are flying through my head here. So, um, I mean, I think you, you could, you know, all these characters that are coming in, you know, we know, we hear Ahsoka's voice in Return of the Jedi, or not Return of the Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Right? She's one of the, in the yes. Force. Yep. In the Force, we, in the Force, we hear her. So, you know, a character we don't hear is Ezra Bridger, right? So, okay, so we think Ezra is probably still alive, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but Ahsoka, we I think it's safe to presume. I mean, she's dead by that time, and we're thirty years in the future. Now we don't know if that's because she's just old, mm -hmm. or she was on one of the planets that gets destroyed by Starkiller Base. Uh, let me tell you or something else. We, she yeah. loses to Moff Gideon, yeah, protecting Baby Yoda. I mean, we, we don't, don't know. know. I mean, we do not know. I I think people kind of jump to the whole she must because she must have become one with the Force. And therefore, that's why she's able to, you know, speak out to that that person. Leia shows us that you can speak across the galaxy.
to people, though. I know it was her son, and there's that there's that connection. But Luke and Leia speak to each other in Episode Five. This used to happen because I I would read uh, Master and Apprentice, this old um, sort of like uh, young adult series, real um, small chapter books about Qui Gon and Obi Wan and how they communicated basically telepathically across distances. They were on the same planet, so it wasn't like a huge distance, but they could feel and sense one another. Luke and Leia do that in episode five. They do that again in episode uh, eight, and it's something that you that you can do. So I'm I'm like Ahsoka could be somewhere and could know the events and the stakes and could also still even be alive and speaking to Rey. I'm just going to say that people might think that's wrong and they might think it's crazy, but I'm going to say it. Um, another thing I'll say, and you, you want to get real crazy here, is that like if if Palpatine did have several clones that failed him, maybe one of those clones fell under attack. You know, maybe maybe Palpatine attack of the clones. Yeah, well, it's like it's like maybe Palpatine wasn't always. Maybe somebody did take a stab at Exegol, and the secret died with some person, and it's too bad that that happened because we could have gotten this stuff out about Palpatine surviving a lot longer. But the, but they were killed in Exegol um, when they were fighting Palpatine or something. You know, there's so many things that you can do, and it is going to be big and it's going to build. Now, uh, the other thing, and I want to be sensitive to this, is that this is a story about the Mandalorian, and we do have to keep it, um, you know, centered a- a- around that. But I'll, I'll I'll go, you know, keep driving this point, is that Mandalore is um, ravaged by the Empire. Like, they're destroyed. They're, they're, their resources are stripped and stuff. So you definitely have beef with the Empire and the Emperor, you know, like you have reason to be upset. And and a lot of people do. A lot of the uh, sins and the atrocities that took place in, like in this galaxy, uh, you can lay at the feet of Palpatine. And so that's still always something you can you can kind of go to or his grand admirals or whoever. So so that's still really interesting. I'm very glad that the Imperial Remnant is around and that we have something happening uh, with this group and some conflict between them and the Mandalorians. And then you can go a step further. We've got the Darksaber and this connection to an ancient Mandalorian who once was Force-sensitive, you know, and who who, who was a Jedi, right? Uh, could, could we see that again? Could that could that happen again? I, I, I think it would be really fascinating to, to see something like that. So I'll, I'll say this. Caleb, you've got us fired up. And this is this is exactly what I needed because I am wanting to do more of this and to really sit down and, and pencil down some some more ideas about where just season two is going. But I think you can go far beyond that. Some of the stuff that we're talking about and some of the stuff that I think Caleb brings up here could be seasons four, five, and six. You know, just depending on how long this goes and how much story they want to tell. You know, so I guess you know keep that in mind as 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 we speculate because uh, yeah, this is big. This is big. It's great. It's great. So. It's great. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Caleb. Ooh. All right. Got one here from Andrew Wren. Matt Nez, I'm going to be quick. I've been listening to a lot of YouTube rumors about Kathleen Kennedy and how she is derailing or trying to derail the entire Star Wars universe as we know it. There is so much I have heard. I don't know if it's true or not. I thought uh, in my mind anyway that she had been doing a decent job. Rumors like George Lucas is at odds with her and there are even heads at Disney to the actors and actresses in the same in the sequel trilogy are supposed to have interviews that bashed her. I just wanted to shoot out an email and see if you guys had any knowledge about this story. I've been watching your YouTube channel as well. It's great. Can't get enough of you guys. 
You guys have gotten me hooked little by little on other Star Wars podcasts, for example, like Clashing Sabers, which I've been listening to um, for about 10 months, Bounce of the Force, uh, and watching your um, YouTube stuff you have on Not a Joke, Yeah, uh, wow. going back to some Rogue One reactions. Um, I can't seem to find any of those videos anymore. Uh, anyway, I would... Uh, I said this would be quick, and I just want to hear your thoughts on the Kathleen Kennedy situation. Thanks, Andrew Red. Yeah. Uh, well, real quick. Um, so we do still have all of that stuff. It is still kind of on the Podbean, all the old uh, Rebel Watch stuff. And we may upload that to a different channel. But as and I are going to kind of turn what was originally a thing called Let's Look It Up uh, in, into Rebel Watch. And now it's not a joke where we're doing some other cool stuff up there. So we may upload all of that backlog content to some so someplace uh so yeah so stay tuned for that we'll we'll kind of it we still have it we just got to figure out what, we, what exactly we want to do with it um on the kathleen kennedy stuff as so this is something you and i talk about we haven't really talked about on the podcast um i have also been you know i think for the past couple of years people have been kind of talking bad about kathleen kennedy and stuff like that I have recently seen some stuff that says more and more there is some sort of a power struggle uh, between there's two camps. There's like the Kathleen Kennedy camp and the John Favreau, David Filoni camp. I mean, it's hard to say uh, whether or not any of it is true or anything. Um, but, you know, George Lucas handpicked Kathleen Kennedy. That's right. Right. Yep. As I mean, that's yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and so I think people forget that. And. Like, it doesn't mean, and I know people will, I, I've read and seen all the rumors and stuff about, well, you know, he sold this and then they didn't take his his script idea. They bought the rights to it um, or his screenwrite. I've heard a lot of things. But, you know, the, like every time we come out and we do like a Mandalorian casting rumor, they're rumors. I mean, they're rumors. Now, do they, like, some of them turn out to be absolutely true. It's just people had some inside information, some leaks and things like that. I don't think it's going to be 30 years from now until we get like the full story on all of this and, and, and hear about how right. Carrie Fisher's death affected some of the sequels, which I think it really did. I think it really did. Um, I also think, again, it was ambitious. I think they were in a tough spot. You're handed Star Wars. You're going to continue episode seven, eight, and nine. Um, and, and George is not going to be involved because he, you know, he's on as a consultant and things like that. And so you start this whole project, but yet you haven't quite got everything like, like, like a fully functioning like team together or people who are, who are there and who are invested. One thing people always forget is that four, five, and six, George Lucas, he is like, it's his story. He brought in different directors, but he writes it. He knows start and finish where it's going to go. Same thing with the prequels. He knew where it was going to go. So when you bring people in, and I think this is just something that maybe was forgot. The reason Game of Thrones, Wheel of Time, Lord of the Rings have showrunners is because that person is there, like they're very much tied to that. They don't just come on for an episode direct and leave. And what was interesting about The Mandalorian, those directors who have come in here, they came and they stayed. And they seemed to be more invested in, in the entire season and Star Wars as a whole. They weren't just coming on for like, like a celebrity director to come on and direct one episode right. and then leave, you know. And and you and you see in this documentary, like they has like it's like Bryce Dallas Howard, right? You know, she directs episode four, 
Um, and but then you see some of the like Deborah Chow and some of these other directors there when the other people are directing because it's it's like it's a band. That's they're right. All, That's right. They're they're they, you know they're all they're all working together. And see, I think you're going to get you know more of that. Um, you know those people who are staying at Lucasfilm who are more involved in the in in, in the story and things. And I think Kathleen Kennedy. You know, I, I don't have any. I mean, again, I, I've I've said that I, I kind of believe that it's in that it's in good hands. I mean, are there mistakes and things that you could learn and stuff? Absolutely. They just took on a huge franchise and they said, we're going to finish the Skywalker saga. That I think maybe was crazy. I think that that was a lot. But again, if that's sort of what George was pushing for and he see, he pitches this, you know, screen um, play or whatever to them, then then yeah, you kind of wanted to to go do that. And that's also what's going to generate a lot of money. People are going to go see episode seven, and they did. And you want to see the story continue. And you also needed to do it while you had the actors, while you still had Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher. And so they were. there was a lot of factors that I think go into all these different decisions. And then we don't know whether you had somebody signed up to do all three movies, and then they just said, no, I just want to do one. You know, that, that's another conversation, too. Some of these directors who come in and they say, well, I'm going to make these big decisions, but then who's overseeing the whole thing? And I think you can throw some critique at the sequels for that. I think there is some, you know, like we don't see a lot of hinting of, of Palpatine in episode eight uh, in, into episode nine. Um, so I, I think there are some things that, that you can look at it and go, oh, what was going on? What was going on there? But at the same time, I think all these people care about Star Wars and they care. And you can actually go look at episode two of the Mandalorian kind of like um, uh, creators right. roundtable with John Favreau, Dave Filoni. And then they've got Kathleen there and some of the other creators um, who have been around for a long time, other producers. And Kathleen Kennedy has been there for the Indiana Jones stuff and had been around George and understood sort of what he wanted to do and what his vision is and who who he wants to bring in, what the spirit of this of this is. Um and so I think that's good. And then I also will say, by the way, that Kathleen Kennedy, people forget this. They, they, they want to say Dave Filoni, John Fabric said, that's also her call. That's also something that she has said, yes, move forward with this. You know, but people won't give her like a lot of credit for that. The credit, right. Why? Well, because, and that's, that's where I, I, I kind of wonder, like, again, she's still the head of Lucasfilm. And she said, I see two talented people here. And they have a script, they have a story, they love Star Wars. I believe in these people, and I'm going to elevate them and push them forward. She is also a major, major part of that, and people always forget it. I don't know why, but it does happen, you know, so. Right. Right, yeah, I I mean, absolutely. I, you know, agree with everything you, you said there, as I mean, yeah, it's like, also, um, you know, it's like Episode 7 did very well. It made a ton of money. Yeah. Right? Uh, Rogue One is also under her thing, which yeah. everybody loves. Everybody's like, oh, my God, Rogue One is so good. Rogue One is so good. That's under her thing. I mean, you're not going to hit a home run every single time. I mean, no. I mean, you know, like HBO has has the same directors, and it's like, yeah, you you know, you HBO has also has had all sorts of great hits over the years. But, I mean, I think I don't – I think they were hoping that Westworld would be the next Game of Thrones, and that didn't happen. Sure. I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like that, that, that doesn't that doesn't mean that Westworld isn't a success. Right. It's hard to – I mean, it's hard to beat, you know, the, like, most Emmy, you know, nomination – or not Emmy, but uh, – or, yeah, whatever uh, – wins ever. I mean, it's hard – you know, it's hard – it's hard to – it's hard to top that, just like it's hard to, to beat the originals. I mean – Absolutely. So – 
Absolutely. I mean, even George Lucas, even the prequels. I mean, that's I, again, right. He we, fell we under criticism. Early. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. he, the the prequels were criticized for ever until, you know, some of the sequels came out and then people started to, OK, maybe started to change their mind a little bit. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, again, that doesn't mean that everything she did is weird. I mean, you know, you a lot of people, you know, are, are pretty split on The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Or maybe you didn't like, you know, you maybe didn't like him at all or, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I thought so. I I thought. You know, episode seven, great. Uh, Rogue One, great. Solo, um, I think is my second favorite. I think it's my second favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, right. I yeah. mean, I, I loved Solo. Everyone wants Solo too. Um, the right. Mandalorian, obviously, an enormous, enormous success. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they they have been talking about Kathleen Kennedy possibly getting ousted for the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, so I don't and I don't know. I will say I will say now it, the, the only thing that makes it interesting now, if it to kind of give some some mindset into this is that before it was just, well, you just get rid of Kathleen Kennedy. But it's like, who's going to who's going to replace her? Right. Mm -hmm. The only thing that makes it interesting now is that you do have somebody like John Favreau there who is also like he's he's been around Disney for a long time right i mean he he's also spearheading you know we talk about him his involvement in marvel uh the other kind of big disney franchise that we kind of forget about sometimes is disney has you know they own star wars they own marvel but then you kind of forget disney has this other franchise of remaking their old movies, mm -hmm. right? Because yep. he directed the Jungle Book and the Lion King. Yep. Those remakes. I mean, so right. I mean, he's he has a lot of sway in he's got a lot of experience, Disney and, yeah. and a lot of and a lot of experience. So that is the only thing right now that I think is interesting because it's like okay, now there is at least somebody. If any of these rumors were to be true, where it's like okay, now I could see them. Not saying this is going to happen. Pull the trigger again. I don't think she's getting fired. No, but. I don't think she, I don't think she's in trouble at all. I mean, no, I, I don't either. I, I, I but, actually, but think, yeah, but to but to, you know, play devil's advocate here. And because and, I do see these rumors a lot um, is like, oh, OK, you have you have these people and like obviously Mandalorian such a huge success that, um, you know, so so just to just to give some some say to that argument. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I think you got to go look to. And, and look at people who are our producers and who are helping produce these projects too. And that's her thing. That's what she's been helping to do is, is to help produce uh, these stories. And so she's, she's a part of like all of that. Like, like she is again, the head of Lucasfilm. So um, yeah, you also have to look at something that's very interesting that Dave Filoni said, which is that experience outranks everything. I really just think mm -hmm. he is, he is in at Lucasfilm. He's not like, jumping around going to different places as far as i know he's not going and doing other projects for other companies and things like that like right that his home is lucasfilm for right now that's where he's working and doing his work and he's growing and now inside there he's been given an opportunity to gain more live action experience learn how to shoot a tv show and get that experience so that way he can oh. weigh in on some of that stuff too Ex well exactly i mean in this uh you I don't, you haven't watched it yet but the most recent episode he's talking about um you know, this is his first time doing. So I definitely, this is his first time doing live action, doing television. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't think you could. I don't think you could just hand Star Wars to Dave Filoni mm-hmm. right now. He it's like he's figuring out. This is a, he's now learning how to run a live action television show. Yeah. In this most recent episode, he talks about like you know he, John. It's called it's it's kind of funny the way he describes it. It's like you know first scene they're doing some testing. They got they got some guy not Pedro Pascal in the uh, in the Mandalorian suit. He's like all right, you know like and he just kind of describes it as John sitting back there like yeah yeah you, you got this you know like okay like he's the coach like all right yeah. you know run yeah. out there run yeah. the play and let's see what happens. <laughs> and so he's like yeah, I kind of walk out there and I'm like I don't know like how do I get this guy to, you know like do all this stuff. right. John's like all right I got it, I got it. like I'll come over here. Right. So I mean it's like it's like he's figuring yeah. out how to do like he's figuring out how to you know how to do television. I mean so. The only person I could see right it would be John Favreau. You give it to him. Well, if you were to, if you were to ask, but up until this point, there's been nobody else that it's like who would you even right, give but, Star Wars to? Right, but there well there is. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, there's tons of other just Disney executives, executives, and yeah, that's right. See, yeah, people like that. So that's that's the other thing. And then those people are just signing off on you know budgets and move this project forward. I like. Like that's their thing. One thing I heard from a, re- a recent show runner, we're, we're involved in, in Wheel of Time as well. Rape Judkins actually said, like his job is to hire good people, is to to oversee a lot of this stuff and bring in experts and then under, uh, help them understand this is the spirit of these things. So, like I don't know, like like you have showrunners, you have directors, you have story group, which is an interesting thing at, at Lucasfilm. So it's a lot more complex than people think. And so I would just caution anybody who's out there hearing all these rumors and stuff you know people just didn't sometimes get the story that they wanted or they thought it could have been slightly better and so they unfortunately too uh a, a lot of those articles that have those clickbait headlines where uh right. george lucas is angry at kathleen kennedy and stuff you know whatever they have daily probably arguments about like decisions they made and t- like like i'm thinking dave and even john favreau like well i don't know if i would have done that but all right you know this is your call and you defer to different people and stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like to think that we're going in the right direction and I think that we're learning. And I think very quickly Lucasfilm is learning um, from other departments and other, you know, um, aspects of Disney and they're, they're growing and they're building Lucasfilm. And I think we finished up the Skywalker saga because we had to get, you know, our, 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 our legacy characters, in we had to get the we, we needed their they're they're older i mean they are 30 to 40 years older so like we had to get that in we've done it and now from here we have to build and let's really see right. what what you can do you're not tied into anything right. else it's 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 well i I, you know. I did i just pulled this up here okay so remember they paid george lucas roughly four billion dollars for star wars right so since the force awakens They've made over five billion in just box office. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't even touch merchandise, TV, right, right. Disney Plus, any of that stuff. Just box office. So yeah. they've they they've made a profit, Absolutely. from a four billion dollar purchase. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, oh like, yeah, that the whole business side of it, I, like 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 all of that stuff. Um, I think is I think is. You know that you can't. I mean, Kathleen, they're doing. She's doing a great job. At that point, you say doing a great job. It's what we're. I think what this, uh, what Andrew's talking about too, is like those fans, those YouTubers, those people who are like, oh my gosh, you know, um, right. the story didn't go this way or that way. But I think you have a lot of people who like the Last Jedi, who like the Rise of Skywalker, and I actually think too, from years from now, just like the prequels, that people are going to look back and say, okay, 
Like, here are the, some of the obstacles that they were up against. Like, you just look at the decisions that are so different. He, let me give you an example. George Lucas, although he understood where he wanted to take, like, he had ideas for episodes, you know, five and six, and even a, a version before, it was not fully developed in his head. And he has been figuring this out as he goes along, and he is the master. But, like, he had a decision to, um, you know, he wanted to keep Obi-Wan, like, alive. Um, and then, and then, but, like, like I think it was, I think it was right. his wife who comes in and kind of says we should kill him, and he, and then George said, well, you know what, I like that, and and guess what else, he should still live on. Let's do both. Like that's the kind of mind that George Lucas has, and and how things can change and develop. And like you said, I mean, they had an idea to kill Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron wasn't going to make it past Episode Seven. We changed that. Like there's just so many things that like the story is evolving, and 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 we're, you, you know, um, but now they're bringing in somebody who is who has the experience from Marvel. And this vast, interconnected, every movie's making references and somebody's keeping track of all of this and trying to keep it all tied together and driving home towards like this in-game thing. So I hope that's what's what we're building at Lucasfilm. And I kind of think we are. And that's what's exciting to me. So, I, you know, and Andrew, I like to focus on like, like just the positive. As much as I can, I, I just take away good story elements and, and think that's cool, that's positive. And I look at like my... My niece, I go back to my niece asking me uh, whether or not Ray knows where Baby Yoda is. Like, do, does she know? No, she didn't say where he is. Does Ray know Baby Yoda? And I thought, that's, are they friends? Are they friends? They that's all up? she wants to know is if they're friends because she has a Ray action figure who is like her and she thinks she's Ray half the time. Uh, but but she knows that she loves Baby Yoda. So Ray would love Baby Yoda. And to me, I'm going, that makes absolute freaking sense. So. Anyway, yeah. thanks to Andrew. Yeah. I, it's a, it's a good yes. you know it's it's interesting and and I like his take on it, which is you know that that like he's always thought you know that she's doing a decent job, but these rumors are out there, and I just say go go look at those people and, and look at their feed, and all they do is is play into these rumor things. They're actually the ones like sometimes there's little to no evidence at all for for some of the rumors that they're starting. They just know it's clickbait, and I hate to say yeah. that I really do, but. But sometimes, truly, there's there's nothing to there's literally no justification at all for what they're saying. So, right, just be careful out there. So, exactly. But if we post one of those things, just know it is clickbait, and we really appreciate it. <laughs> if you want. It really we want helps you to click on show. it. And <laughs> yeah, subscribe. really helps us out, man. Oh, the dark side. Uh, all right, so. All right, so this one comes from Drew, who um, I'm piecing this together now. He was hanging out with me on Twitch the other day. We were doing a, I was doing Battlefront, and he was he was in there hanging out. So, uh, shout out to Drew. He says hi, Ezra and Matt. Sending this transmission from my cabin in a small freighter. I am borrowing. May or may not be slightly upgraded. Transponder code AT66109. First off, I want to thank you for the podcast. I found you guys at a time when I had a resurgence in my love for Star Wars. And listening to the amount of love you both have for the universe always causes me to feel that amazing nostalgia of my childhood years and my absolute obsession with Star Wars. My wife, daughter, and myself moved from Hilliard... Uh, sad I didn't see you guys until we left Ohio to Georgia in January and I drive for work uh, not fun until I found you guys I first saw Star Wars when I was three I spent every single weekend at my grandparents house watching the VHS VHS tapes on loop with my grandfather I remember being about five or six and going to a garage sale and finding the original Kenner Luke 
action figure, which is still to this day my most prized collectible. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, as I grew up, I couldn't find anything that drew me in like Star Wars. My poor dad had to go to every toy store in existence for many years to find the things I had to have. My favorite thing about Star Wars is the simple fact that the entire series of films is um, prefaced on the fact that a nobody can be the most important person in the universe. I know this is running long, so I'll cut it off after one last thing. I have just recently finished the Republic Commando novel series, and wow, that series is amazing. I was wondering if you all had read it and what your thoughts were. I think it's my favorite bit of the EU that exists. Thank you so much for what you do and the passion you bring to the universe. May the force be with you, Drew. So to my understanding, the Rebel Commando series is a tie-in to the Rebel, or excuse me, the Republic Commando series is a tie-in to the Republic Commando game. I believe they are a prequel. Mm-hmm. Um to the game that may or may not be yes it is they are spinoffs from the short stories from the republic commando game uh again i've talked about the republic commando game a bunch on here because it's awesome uh it was on the original xbox and you can get it on steam it's it starts off with the battle of geonosis you are delta squad <laughs> uh it, it is awesome delta squad is oh uh, it's kind of in a way it kind of reminds me of the bad batch uh, really? to be yeah. to oh absolutely man yeah so you've got um boss so you've got you've got boss scorch fixer and sev right and so it's like each one has its own like one person could plant will plant uh explosives you got a sniper you got a healer awesome right wow. yeah. um and it starts off with the battle of geonosis uh then you go through all these special missions it's very it plays very similar to like the original halo if you kind of kind of think that think that kind of using your flashlight and stuff like that going through those tunnels and all this kind of stuff it's an awesome awesome game uh ends with um yoda giving you like a big message you're about to go into like another thing there's supposed to be a sequel didn't happen but that's okay so the republic commando novel series um there is five books so you have hard contact triple zero true colors order 66 and 501st so I have not read these, but I do I do know they um uh they exist and obviously they're they're EU now. But um yeah, you can find them on I know you can find them all on um all on Amazon. I was gonna uh, say, please relative, tell me where, where you can find them because uh they're relatively is... inexpensive, they're not incredibly long. Yeah. Um but yeah, okay, so here we go. So I think it, it's kind of a tie-in, right? So let, let me just read the. I'll read the plot of the first one here. Okay. okay? Republic Star Wars Republic Commando Hard Contact. The story begins during the Battle of Geonosis with a clone commando Darman and his team assaulting a separatist position. However, the entire squad is massacred in the attack, with Darman being the only survivor. After the battle, he is grouped with other clone commandos in incomplete squads and uh, meets uh, Niner, Fee, and a Tin. All four commandos must learn how to work together as a team as they had in their previous squads. It is not long before newly, the newly formed squad is given another mission. This time they are to be inserted onto the uh, planet 
Kilara deep in the Separatist territory in order to destroy a research facility developing a nanovirus that specifically targets clone troopers. They also must capture the lead scientist, um, Olvat Quail Uthan. However, the facility is guarded by Gez Hawken, a fearsome Mandalorian mercenary who shows little mercy to his enemies or friends and commands a small army of militia. Um, which uh, includes uh, Trandoshian slavers and droids. While the squad attempts to land on the planet, their ship suffers mechanical problems and is forced to crash land, resulting in Darman being separated from the others. Meanwhile, a young Jedi Padawan, uh, Atain Tur Mukin, is on the run after her master. Jedi uh, Master Cast Fuller is killed by Hoken. She goes into hiding and is sheltered with the help of a strange woman named Janart. Meanwhile, Niner, Fi, uh, and Aten run across and defeat several Separatist patrols in an attempt to find Darman and complete their objective. With Janart's help, Darman and Aten link up with Aten, uh, but lacks the self-confidence to lead and tells Darman to take charge. So I don't want to read the rest because I don't, don't want to give it all away. But guys, I mean, it's great right you're talking clone commandos republic commandos all right these are not just clones all right these are like the elite okay and we're running across jedi masters and it's awesome yeah i'm looking at this and so you know i'm 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 a collector (laughs) i mean matt can see me i'm I'm over here like uh i know i i I, I, in the zoom in the zoom call here as i i'm talking and as it's just like hold on a second yeah i i tell you right now it just like uh, someone a few months back sent, sent us something that was I had never seen. It was um, it was one of the Legends books about Palpatine's son, and so now I'm looking at this, going, where can I find these? These look really cool. I never did get into. I knew these were out. I've seen them on the shelf. I've seen them at libraries. I've seen them at uh, you know on on like half price bookstores and stuff. But I never did read this series. Um, right. It just wasn't so triple. Yeah, right. So triple zero involves Delta Squad. Mm-hmm. Right. And so so Delta Squad, who is the the characters in the game. Right. So you run. So Delta Squad is in that. Um, let me see here if you run into anybody else um, from kind of the main. The, well, the ones I bring up, they said Omega, like the like the o- Omega Squad stories. Like right. This is a, another yeah. squad that I'm not um, familiar with. But uh, yeah, it looks... I mean, so the order I mean, the Order 66 book. Mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean that's that's Omega Squad. So I think I think I think it's like two. There's you know it kind of goes goes back and forth a little bit here. So there's so there's definitely there's definitely a lot into it. Um, you know, check them out. They're great. They're great. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Yeah, Drew, thanks a lot. That's um, that is a deep dive. That is a that what what, what is uh, what does John Favreau say? And it's, it's a deep the same, cut. The same, deep cut. <laughs> so the right. Okay. So. I mean, so the same, so the, so this, it's the same author. This author did. Let me see here what this what this author did. Karen, um, is he, talking about Karen, or uh, is it Karen? Karen Travis? Yeah, it looks like is is her name. So she did she did all of these books. She then, also did the novelization of the Clone Wars film. I think she, I think she did some uh, Legacy of the Force stuff. She too. did some Legacy of the Force books. Yeah. yeah, she did Bloodlines, Sacrifice, and Revelation. Yeah. Yeah, which which I know some people criticize this. I love I love Legacy of the Force. And then she also did she also did some of the Gears some of the Gears of War and Halo novels. So Yeah. Awesome. 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 That's really cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to add these to my collection. Like and knowing that there's a small little like five book series is really cool. And then look to look and see that there was a video game that was in production that got canceled too is 
That's yeah, it's unfortunate. Kind of yeah. crazy. Republic. Cool. The first game though is great. I I've I love Republic Commando. It's like I mean it's totally like hidden gem on the original Xbox. It's yeah. it's amazing. Uh, it is very expensive if you want to buy the original Xbox version though. To find it out in the wild is tough. I did it once. I didn't buy it. I kicked myself for wow. it all the time. But I have it on Steam, you know. So I mean that's. <laughs> That's great too, but it's just I'm a collector. As you know, you have your books and oh, your yeah. movies, and I yeah. like I like my video games just lined up, and they're all you know. All oh yeah, so. oh yeah. All right, here. So uh, let's uh, got got a couple more trans or just one more kind of transmission here. So uh, this is from a Jedi Master. I, I hope I'm gonna try to pronounce this. Um, Halmy Dalm. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct here. Sorry if I uh, butchered that. So. Um, he says, I will start with my Star Wars origin story. I remember watching the original trilogy with my father when they would come on TV as a kid. My dad was far from a Star Wars fan, but said they were great movies. Eventually, the movies were brought back to theaters, and my friends and I went and saw them uh, as middle schoolers. We collected the Micro Machine toys, many of which I still have to this day. Eventually, I was one. I uh, was the only one who seemed to like Star Wars, and it took a back burner in my life as no one else was into it. I saw the prequels and loved the first two movies as much as I loved the original trilogy. Then I started college and found out there were, there were others out there like me. I was playing Star Wars games in my dorm room, and a guy popped in and said, "I hear lightsabers. What are you playing?" It was Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. From then on, we were close friends and brought in others who loved the movies. Uh, we played games. I got heavy into Star Wars Galaxies, the MMORPG, which was an MMO before, um, you know, you have the old the old Republic, right? So there was, like, that came out roughly around the same time as Knights of the Old Republic. You had it, as I don't know if you ever. Yeah, really got, I, I I remember got into it vaguely. Yeah. It was it was. Um, let me let me let me just. He, he said he says it's arguably one of the best games he ever played. Um, See, I thought really I'd always heard here. good things. Yeah. So Star Wars Galaxy was really cool. Okay. And we'll get back to we'll get back to your transmission here. Um, it was an MMO. So this was around the time that you know, like WoW was just coming out. There was EverQuest, if you kind of remember that for any, uh-huh. any of those guys. So Star Wars Galaxies was really cool, but its biggest criticism was that you couldn't play as a Jedi. And there was a really good reason for that. Because when they introduced Jedi's, the game died because Jedi's were so overpowered uh, that, like, you had to play as a Jedi. And so it kind of ruined being a scoundrel or being anything else because there was just literally no reason because the Jedi were just so overpowered. And then, uh, like, a lot of MMOs around that time, you know, you saw the success of EverQuest, right, where everyone was trying to replicate it because it was, like, the biggest deal in the world. And then one did, which was World of Warcraft, and then, you know, you never heard about anything else until... You know, I mean, it's like a long time, really, before any sort of MMO could really even come out and begin to somewhat challenge it. Yeah. Uh, and the only one yeah. I, the only, I mean, there's not even that many MMOs today that I really feel like can challenge WoW. I mean, I think WoW is still the king of MMOs. I mean, uh, the Old Republic, I think, was was definitely the one that gave it probably its best best run for money. Anyway, Star Wars Galaxies was it was fun. arguably one of the best games I've ever played. We played the video games, board games, and bought lightsabers. We went to the midnight showing of Revenge of the Sith, and it was an amazing experience to have all of these other fans with us enjoying and living the same moments. I am still hooked to this day and fully immerse myself in the books and movies. I'm getting my daughter hooked as well, and she is crazy about droids. As a teacher, I have students who love Star Wars, and many of them play board games with me after school a few times a year. 
That being said, I have recently found some books that I have really enjoyed and wanted to pass this along. These are books writ uh, are written at a middle school level, so it's great to recommend to my students, but I found myself hooked on them as well as the story just sucked me in. The Jedi Quest series is where I started, and it follows a young Anakin uh, and Obi-Wan after episode one. The 10 book series really shed light on the inner thoughts of Anakin and his relationship with Obi-Wan. After finishing it, I felt it was easier to understand why Anakin switched to the dark side and it didn't seem as sudden as some have criticized um, of the movie Revenge of the Sith. I then saw the same author had another 10 book series called Last of the Jedi. I began reading that series, and it starts after Order 66. It follows Obi-Wan and some characters from the Jedi Quest series and how they start the Rebellion. I am fully in love with these stories, and I am hoping, uh, without giving up too much, but I would uh, much like to discuss this in the future, that this series is the setting for the Obi-Wan Disney series. I would love to see the storyline come to life uh, in movie form, as it was so engaging. Thanks for listening, and may the force be with you as always. P.S. I am a teacher, and I listened to the podcast where you talked about with the Coffee with the Kenobi guy, and you were talking about running a D&D club at your schools. Um, you know, would love to start one as I have played a little but never a DM and, <laughs> and had lots of help from veteran players. Any chance you can share how you all got started? Are there easier ways to begin it so it isn't so complicated for myself and other students? Appreciate any advice, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um wow, uh Master How, Mr. Homie, uh that this this is cool. First of all, every transmission today, this is so great because it sent me looking, searching, either getting fired up about something. Let me start with a couple things here. So the Jedi Quest series, I have most of that series. I what I grew up with the, well, I always mentioned the Jedi Apprentice series, which if you go back, that's the Master and Apprentice, sort of Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan. It's like a 1920 book series, um, but it's for middle school, you know, kind of that, that age range. Um, fantastic. So they, they did that. This is during Legends. This is before, you know, this is again back during the prequels. Um, and then afterwards, they went to Jedi Quest, which is, by the way, it does sort of kind of coordinate a little bit with some of those major Clone Wars novels where you learned about what happened between episodes one and two. And you learn about, uh, and even beyond, sort of what happens with um, Anakin and Obi-Wan and, and his training and how he was trained by uh, Master, Master Obi-Wan. So then after that, now what I have not read or looked into at all, and this is why I absolutely love these transmissions, is Last of the Jedi. This, look this up, Matt. This, this looks sick. And this is exactly what we need. Um, and again, it is the same author, Jude Watson. Uh, 2005 to 2008, Star Wars: The Last of the Jedi, is is pretty cool. I think it's um, let me see, five see, novels last, here. Last of the Star Wars: The Last of the Jedi. Yeah. Oh, Looks, okay. It brought it brought up it brought up the Last Jedi. I want the I want the book. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Like oh wow, it's series. yeah. There's a lot of books here. Um, the Desperate Mission, Dark Warning, Underworld, Death on Naboo. Uh-huh. A Tangled Web, Return of the Dark Side, um, Secret Weapon, and Against the Empire. But this is cool. And so I think this is a really, I, I like this because the, the idea here is that, is this something, could you look at these stories and would there be some clues or could these help us maybe predict more about the Obi-Wan series? I've also heard that the canon Obi-Wan novel 
or the Kenobi novel is is very good. I've only read the first few chapters of it. Can't believe I haven't finished that yet. Actually, uh, just just almost finished Dark Disciples today. By the way, for an update for those of you who are wondering, that's where I'm at. Uh, Dark Disciple pretty much finished it today. Um, so, but yeah, it, this looks awesome, and I would love. I'm, I'm if I can get my hands on these, uh, I'm going to, and I'm down to actually sort of maybe plow through some of this, right. and, and I could even use this with some of my students because I run reading groups, and we can. We can kind of, um, they love when I bring in Star Wars stuff, so they're, they're always for it. It's just, it, the problem is always finding multiple copies. Um, so yeah, that's, that's epic. That's awesome. I love this. The, back to the, uh, the uh, um, real quickly, I did have that game, I, the Star Wars Galaxies game. Star Wars Galaxies, yeah. Yeah, I did have that game, and I tried to play it, but you remember, I mean, like, I didn't know what I, you know, I, it took me, I, I eventually had it. And I think I even had it at the Newark house. And I think you guys mm. tried to get me to like, I was trying to figure out how to play it then. And I just, it was, you know, I don't know. Right. We, we would moved on to something else. It was um, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, but it looks really cool and it's, it's epic. And I wish I could, you know, go back and um, experience it. Uh, yeah. And then as for the D&D club, you know, because we were talking with Tom Gross about that and how you, how you really kind of start that. I will say, just for anyone who, whether it's a club of your own or if it's um, you want to start one at a school or something, I lucked out in that I happen to have at my school several kids who DM, who are super into it, who hold their own weekend parties where they bring their friends over and they set up campaigns and they spend the night and they wake up the next morning, they get their Mountain Dew, they get their donuts and their pizza, they roll back to the basement and they keep right on going. So I lucked out in that I had a lot of those kids uh, around the building and they're fantastic and, you know, uh, things like that. So really you do have to find somebody who is immersed and it's always great to have somebody who can just kind of walk people through building characters and setting stuff up. Because if anybody heard Tom, Tom Gross talk about that story and talk about, you know, uh, the experiences that he's had even with the Coffee with Kenobi crew or, or uh, you know, other adults and like like going on these year, you know, these epic year long adventures with your characters it's so much fun and it is such good sort of just bonding experience and time just to kind of hang out and, and and have a really really good time uh so yeah i would just you gotta find somebody who can be a dm somebody who can be the uh dungeon master and can really kind of who can, you run, know, who can run the show yeah 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 because to be a character is not that i mean that's you know that's just role playing and stuff but you got to have somebody who can who can run run it and that's just really got to either either be that yourself and learn how to do it um, and then you're that person who can then pass this on to other people. And that's actually the trouble we have at, at school is sometimes we get groups that are super large because only one kid really knows how to, how to do that. And then I just try to coordinate like this, this person's next up and these two guys are going to learn from the DM and get together and maybe share some of the responsibilities. But yeah, that, uh, it's a great question. And I'm glad that like that conversation stimulated more conversation about D and D. Cause I think it's, it's awesome. I, I've sent it's Matt awesome. pictures of like my kids, like we just have like three to four tables of just kids. I'm, I'm always telling you, like I'm leaving D&D &D now. Like I, I would stay right. an extra two hours after school and they would run these well, campaigns. There are um, there are Star Wars. There's a Star Wars version of D&D. Right. Of of, of you know, I think you just call them D20 games, right? Um, and I, uh, and so I'd love to I'd love to check that out. As and I were looking at it briefly the other day because we know that there's there's some uh, I can't remember what, what Tom said. Tom Gross from Coffee with Kenobi when he had him him on, he was saying there's a way to do it online. Uh, and so we we need to look at that and then kind of just make our own do a Star. Yeah. But I'd love to do a Star Wars version of it. 
Uh, yeah. And you would just do it on Zoom or or, or whatever that that website or app is, uh, yeah. which would be which would, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm down to I'm down to actually figure or that out maybe this summer we can all or we can all just play another basically D20 game um, and we can all just hop on Star Wars, the Old Republic and just run around and do some raids and campaign together. And yeah, and whatever, man. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm, down, I'm down for all of that. Um, I want to also mention, too. So the idea like going to we collected micro machine toy. Yeah. So the collecting of toys, I just love this at, you know, when Ez is not listening or not doing my own podcasting or, or reading books or, or whatever, I, from time to time, will go listen to, and I need to pull them up here, um, some Star Wars uh, toy collectors. And no joke, it was actually Re- Rebel Force Radio that got me into this, though, like like knowing that there were podcasts dedicated to just toy collecting. Um, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, we have, I've said this before, big fun in Columbus and it, they have tons of Star Wars collectibles. But when you can go to a yard sale and you can find that steel, you know, that well, that, that, hey. that original. I mean, wow. Let, let me let me let me really quickly talk to you about steels because I just realized something as I went back to grab it here. OK, so as an ever I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, did we? I don't think we talked what about this. I think you and I were just talking about the Disney Infinity toys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we did. If we did, it wasn't much. I don't. Like, I, I don't think. I don't think we did in the podcast. So I actually just realized as that my my thing here was actually open. So now I'm just taking it out of the box because it's it's it's. Are not, you kidding me? Now be careful fine. with the. I was going to say, just be careful with the cardboard. You know how much you know. How much, you know that cardboard can be expensive. Well, the cardboard's getting thrown away because are it, you the kidding toil- me? Yeah, it'll be fine. I'll buy another one. Okay, fine. Okay, so really quick here. So I just want to say this because I bought one. Um, so uh, if you are like, hey, I want to get into Star Wars collecting, and I want to, you know, because I want I want to buy something that I think is going to be worth some money someday, okay? Um, the Disney Infinity Star Wars toys, you need to buy, like, right now. I mean, not right this second. Just wait until Ez and I have bought them all. Right. Um, but then, I mean, I'm but from then... Us. <laughs> Right, but then start, but then start to buy them because they are without question going to be some of the most expensive Star Wars toys like ten to twenty years from now. Because, okay, so what Disney Infinity is is if you're familiar with like Skylanders at all, right? Maybe some people are, maybe some people aren't. It's basically Disney Infinity is this game. Well, it was a game um, where you would buy like basically toys and. You would have this thing where you can scan it in. It kind of works similar to Amiibo if you have a Switch or any sort of right, Nintendo right. thing. You get the toy, and then you put you scan the toy, in, and then you can use that character in the game. So Disney had this thing called Disney Infinity, and it was actually a pretty fun game. And so it was everything. It was like Marvel, Disney, and then they started to include Star Wars. And so some of these figures, like are themselves, are just sick in their own right. I mean, they're just like cool figures. Like I got this one of Kanan just because I think it's awesome. But the problem with collecting them is one, they don't longer make the game, and so these figures only kind of existed because of this game. But they're really nice, actually, like detailed toys. Like they look good on a shelf. But the problem you're going to run into is that you have Star Wars collectors that are going to be after them and video game collectors 
that are going to be after them. So, and like you can see there's a Sabine, there's a Sabine one from Rebels and it's like $50 already. I mean, it's like it's racing up. But if you go look at them, as and I looked at them the other day, like the Boba Fett, the Darth Maul, they're like they look good. Like they're good yeah. looking figures. So, just keep that in mind just really quick cuz uh, cuz I just cuz as I was talking about toy collecting, I went back to grab that and then I realized the box was actually open, which is unfortunate. But you know, now I can just have it out on the hey. shelf. So well, now it's, it's time to buy buy another one. I, I on e- when I remember we had this, this conversation. I went and looked on eBay, and there were there were people selling uh, like like these in batches and stuff. So you can tell collectors have gotten them and got got them put together in kind of a bundle, and you can buy them in bundles. So yeah, that is really really neat. And uh, just for folks, you know, again, I I think the spirit of podcasting is always kind of collaborating, talking to each other. It's just a fan, you know, more more fan building and or uh, you know growing the fandom so a couple fun collecting podcasts that i've actually listened to i'll start with those so um let's see put up here star wars the vintage rebellion podcast so that one i've listened to um the sand crawler and then galaxy of toys podcast now there are other ones that i haven't listened to but i'm sure are probably good and and it you know would be interesting for folks to go check them out uh, let me know what you think. If, if there's one I should be listening to, let me know. It's so like the Star Wars uh, Collector Podcast, Dork Lair, uh, Hokey Religion, which some of these are great names. Um, it look When you type in vintage toy collecting, Coffee with Kenobi comes up too. As maybe, mm-hmm. they, they, maybe they talk more about that than I realized. Um, so that's cool. So yeah, check those out. And, and uh, But that's just, those are podcasts dedicated, you know, purely to just um, collecting. And I think that's, that's awesome. No, that's, you know? it's awesome. and that's the thing we've talked about too with with this show when we when we decided how do we want to run this originally we we're like my god man there's just so much you could do just the novels you could do just toys you could do just movies just news just yeah. video games just uh, cosplay I mean there's like so much so it's like that's why I love that you know people send us um, Star Wars their Star Wars stuff and it's 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 a big it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we want. You know, we wanted it to be stuff like, again, I'm telling you, these four transmissions right here have blown my mind today and I have so much research. Now I have more money to spend. I have more speculation because of Caleb. I mean, I've got like, you know, just, I've, I've actually thought more about like these conversations with Lucasfilm, you know, all of it. It's been literally great. I'm actually super stoked right here as we, as we wrap up this, this episode, like I'm feeling it, man. <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't even had any, you know, like I, I'm just you know hyped up on my coffee over here. I got my Dunkin' Donuts you know coffee. I'm just man. Nice, <laughs> nice. So nice, awesome, awesome. Well, all right, guys. Thanks. This has been a great episode, as this, yeah. this has been this has been a lot of fun. So, right. All right, guys. Well, we want to thank you for hanging out in hyperspace. And our next episode, we'll continue to discuss your transmissions. So be sure to send us your Star Wars thoughts, origin story or some of your favorite memories from a galaxy far, far away. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, like us on YouTube, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a transmission at hyperspacehangout at gmail.com. We will see you next time, and remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.